0: Welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker Podcast. Um, today we have another great member of the Utica College uh, football staff. He is the, the new defensive coordinator, uh, Jamie McClendon, uh, also known as Coach J Mac. Coach, how you doing?
1: Good, Coach. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Can't complain. Um, it stopped raining, thankfully, um, yeah. and it's not too hot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there isn't really much to complain about, except for it's supposed to rain for the next six days straight. So, oh, oh boy. Yeah it's not fun um but i mean kind of how do you end up as the dc at utica coach
1: i played at salisbury university on the East shore of maryland and um played there and i coached there for two years when i was there we're actually in the empire eight um where which is a conference that utica's in so when i saw that the defensive coordinator job was open uh, you know i was a little familiar with utica um you know i didn't know how great this place was to be honest with you until like i actually got here in the interview i just knew it was a good program you know and you know historically they do some really good things and I never met Coach Fagiano before, but my head coach, uh, Salisbury, Sherman Wood, I called him. He actually called and put my name, you know, in the hat for the job. And Coach Fagiano and I, we we talked on the phone. We met during the convention a little bit, and I came for the interview. And, you know, uh, two days later, I was here <laughs> working.
0: No, no, no. Like, like I said, I've had a bunch of guys on from Utica. Um, Blaze has been fantastic um, and helped me get guys on. And he's just a good human being. Um. Kind of, I mean, we're going to talk the thing, the option a little bit, but kind of how has your, and we talked a little bit about before you came on, but how has that transition been for you from working at South Florida, working at UMass uh, Coastal to kind of now you're back up in the Northeast still and kind of um, transitioning to D3, which is, I mean, obviously from a support perspective, there's a lot less, support services and interns and stuff that you would have at that level. But I mean, from a football perspective and the transition to full-time DC, how has that been for you?
1: you know, it's, it's funny. Like, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I think, um, you know, when I was at Salisbury as a football coach, I was a D-line coach and we didn't have football GA. So I was also, I worked at the student, uh, the center for student achievement as well. That was my actual GA title. And then I just coached football on the side. Basically I was a D-line coach. And then, you know, I was like a GA or support staff guy for a really long time. And then, you know, when my last year at UMass, I got promoted. I was the outside linebacker coach. I was my first full-time gig. And I think like all those experiences I had by having to wear like a whole bunch of hats as a GA and as a quality control guy and just being able to to prioritize and execute a lot of tasks has really prepared me for this job. Um, You know, because, yeah, there's not a lot of support staff guys, but. My, i think being able to to figure out what's got to get done and and put it in order of priority and be able to execute that list as is, as is, is really uh prepared me for this job and i think i've been able to get that done here and, and to, to the best of my ability um but it's funny it's like all, all the all this the, the work i've done and and just like doing all kinds of things different things you know like you know at that level you wear so many hats and then you get here where you're the i'm the coordinator, but, you know, I also have to do this and do that and do that and it's not an issue it, it's fun cuz you're actually around the players more yeah. you know you you got your hands on a lot more stuff and um you know it's just it's it's like a culminating activity of everything i've been doing when i got hired i told the players and i meant this everything i've done in my life has led me to this moment mm-hmm. in front of you guys right and everything they've done has led them to this moment in front of me if that's good or bad i don't know we're going to find out together though you know <laughs> but it's um it's been a lot of fun and it's like I said, It's it's been good to be able to be involved in some stuff that I've never been involved with before. Like, you know, like fundraising, like myself and Coach Bean are off our offensive coordinator. We're going out to all these places in Utica and trying to, you know, talk them up for donating whole signs for the golf tournament. And then we are becoming tight with like owners of these restaurants. And bar. I mean, it's 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 been a lot of fun. You know, fun is the best way to describe it, I think.
0: Good. Now, I mean, kind of the next thing is like you obviously met, and I'm going to butcher your college's last name college's name you you played linebacker at Salisbury um and when we talked on the phone like I mean obviously Dan Carroll kind of recommended you and said you'd be good so and so and um kind of one thing you talked about was defending the option and just in practice because obviously I mean you played linebacker you had to play some scout defense and oh yeah uh, and Salisbury does a really good job at running the option they just do that's that's I mean, there's no secret behind that. So kind of what was that experience like? And then kind of what did that experience teach you kind of as you went into the coaching profession?
1: Yeah, you know, my um, – so my last two years at Salisbury, uh, I was a pretty good player. Um, you know, I, I, I did a good job. I really just did my job and I just did my best ability and made some good plays, had some good accolades. But my first year, my freshman year, I stunk. I was not a good football player. Uh, I I just wasn't ready, you know, and I was on the, there's nothing wrong with being on the scout team. That's not why I was on the scout team. There guys better than me, obviously. But, um, you know, I just, it it sounds funny, but like just playing against it every single day, I would learn to look at the slot or learn to look at this or learn to look at that. And I always knew I was doing a good job, or at least I kind of had an idea of what was happening when the OC would always come threaten to cut me, right? Like have (laughs) someone cut block me. Right? That's how you know you're making it on the scout team versus triple option. When they, hey, we're going to cut you. You do that again, right? So um, that really was like a, a great thing for me. And, and I never really thought about it before until I got to Coastal. We started playing against like the Citadel and Kennesaw State. And like just remembering those things like really helped us rule some stuff up. And like we all worked together, obviously, on it. But like I just remember like ah, I want to look at that guy. Why is that? Well, if, when I looked at that guy, I was always getting yelled at for doing the wrong thing, right? Or, like, that's what they wanted me to do, so they got the playoff on scout team. You know, and it sounds funny, but it, it did help me, I think, in, in some degree of, of playing against it. And, you know, I don't know if fortunate is the right word. I think it is, but some people probably wouldn't agree. But everywhere I've been, I've been on a defensive staff that's had to prepare for the triple option. And, um, you know, we, we've we played against them, played them well, and, and beat them. And some other times, I've learned some very hard lessons about the triple with what not to do. You know, like one example, uh, you know, outnumber them to the field to force them to run to the boundary. Well, that, that's great because they're definitely going to run to the boundary. <laughs> you better <laughs> have a plan when they do it, though. You know, you better have some answers because they're definitely going to run there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, things like that, you know, it just – and I, I was lucky at Coastal because I worked for – when I was there, Joe Mowgli was the head football coach. Yeah. You know, he was the CEO of TD Ameritrade, and he always had us thinking – you know, challenged us to think outside of the box and to look at things from a different perspective. And, and I was like 24 when I was there and it was such a great experience at that age to like really learn from some things that worked really well, but really learn from things that didn't work well and make notes about it to remember for the future. And, you know, like having like video clips of why you can't do certain things first different looks, if that makes sense. So it's been, um, Like I said, we've done at some place I've been, we've done some great things. Some place I've been, we we really struggled against it. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, when you play a triple team, they're always going to be better at running their triple option offense than you will be at running your triple option defense. Yeah. You you know, (laughs) like it, it, it just is what it is. And that's, that's okay. Right. So the challenge of putting together your triple option defense, whatever it is, right, is you know, whatever structure front you want to run, whatever fits your personality and and what fits your your, your personnel, right? Um, it's got to be something that you can execute on game day and you can practice, right? And it, it's simple, and it, it's simple for the players, but it's simple for the coaches to make adjustments too, because whatever whatever you ran, you know that they they have a oh you're you're in you're in a four four one high. Let me pull out the four four one high call sheet. Oh, you're in bear. Let me pull out the bear call sheet. Oh, you're in uh, a fifty front. Let me pull out the fifty. You know what I mean? So they they've seen it all right so the challenge is preparing the kids to to read their keys and, and play sound football but where it's as the coaches you have an idea of what you're going to get so you can plan it and you can bank reps and practice versus it you know that i think that's one of the biggest challenges
0: yeah and, and like two, two points to what your answer is there's one um I'm we'll, the coastal head coach you work for because i'm not going to try to pronounce the last name i'll butcher
1: that His, i got you coach moglia
0: his book is one of my favorite books I've read. It's actually sitting in my classroom. Really? So, yes. I, I, oh, I love man. that book. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a very inspiring story on kind of coaching, then taking time for your family, and then come back to coaching, which is just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, second part of that is, to your point, you can, as much as you want to try, you're never going to be able to replicate that look in practice.
1: No. I, no, I mean, it's...
0: unless you're Army, Navy, or Air Force, you're not replicating that. I mean, you just can't. They like, just There's no I, – I love it when I've ran – either double wing or some sort of triple in high school and watching in pregame, watching the opposing team try to replicate. It's one, it's, it's one of the best experiences when you run an under center offense, is oh, especially that has heavy motion, just watching people try to replicate that because it's terrible. Now, if you see people that don't like either just don't run it or just walk through it, you usually know you're in trouble because those are the smart coaches that have kind of figured out how to deal with that. But yeah,
1: yeah. it's a, you know, like, Georgia Tech, when we played Georgia Tech when I was in South Florida, I think it was 18. It was Paul Johnson's last year. You, know, you look down the line at Indy, and they're doing like D line get offs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like running off the ball, cutting bags and stuff in Indy. <laughs> I throw D line goes, hey, man, don't look down there, bro. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't look down there.
0: <laughs> now, how have those experiences helped you? Like, and, and, and how, and let me rephrase that. How is that How's the experiences of coaching against the Paul Johnsons? Um, at UMass, I know you're, you guys were an independent, so I think you
1: had like – They played Army last year. and play,
0: You played Army. Yeah.
1: Coastal you played Army for like the next 10 years, I think, Ooh. something crazy like that.
0: Um, Coastal has obviously their current version of the gun triple. Sure. And that's obviously a little different. Uh, and then you've coached um, and played against a bunch of schools that run it. How is that – how is your ideology and how to defend it – evolved over the course of that time as you've played more schools that run it?
1: Yeah, I think, that's a really good question. Um, I I think the, the most I've obviously learned is like when we didn't play well against it and you go back and you watch the film and you can see like, you know, one year, I'm not going to say any teams or anywhere I, I was, you know but like one year we ran a bubble and a three technique and, and we liked the way that looked in practice. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start looking at the plays they're going to run and you start preparing. It's you have every single play in their playbook they have, right? Every three technique play, every bubble play, like everything that anything they want to run, they can run, right? So, like, that that told me, like, okay, you got to take something away, right? Try to try to limit their playbook to the best of your knowledge, at least, right? What you see on film, right? So, uh, when we played Georgia Tech, I remember we went back. Like I had cut ups that I made from YouTube. Like I would put YouTube clips from like 2012 on the system of a similar look because at the end of the day, they're going to run what they run first, what they run. And it's fun too seeing the different personalities of the triple option guys, you know, in terms of, you know, how dynamic they are with their formations or, you know, how they get to a three man surface or, you know, some of the answers are different based on who's calling it like every other offense. Right. You know, but, I think like, like it's nice when you beat them and you got a good plan, but even when you beat them, like, you know, when I was at uh, South Florida, we we had a pretty good plan. I thought we, we won the game, but we scored two kickoff returns on touchdown as well. Right. So that helped a little bit. I, I'd be lying if I didn't say it, it didn't help a lot of it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but just being able to watch it and really like have a good self evaluation and not think, Oh, this is a great plan. You know this. This kid did it wrong, right? No, like the rules of the defense is what it's based off. So if kids doing it wrong, like all we're telling the kids all week or the players all week is like, hey, do what we're telling you to read your key and react based on whatever it is. So like, if it's not working, it's you as the coach. Your rules are messed up, right? Like, so you got to figure out a better way to get the players to execute what you want them to do based on whatever they're looking at versus triple. Um, so. But, yeah, definitely a lot of learning with the with – the, we got ran out of the gym.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, no, I, I've been there, Coach. Like, I mean, it, 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 the interesting thing about defending the option, you're either going to do really well or you're going to do really bad. There is no, like, in-between with yeah. with it, it defending. It. it just doesn't happen. Now, for, like, coaches who, have, who haven't experienced defending the option or by the time this comes out know they're going to have an option team and they're starting to prep for it for next season – like how um what do you think is a good starting point for defending the option um or what maybe some coaches should look for because obviously not every option in offense is the same, um uh, but where do you kind of start from a base level at when you're preparing for one and kind of looking at okay this this is financially foundationally at least what we need
1: yeah, i I think the first thing honestly I look at is the quarterback, um just like every other offense, but you know, who is their best player, right? Is the quarterback the best player? Is the fullback their best player? Is one of the slots their best player, right? Like when it, when it's go time, who at the end of the day has got to get the ball? Like if they're going to run a design run, who they want to handle the ball, you know? If it's a quarterback, that's when the, in my opinion, that's when those teams are really rolling, obviously, right? Because that opens up the playbook a lot. If it's the fullback, right, and you take the dive away, on the triple phase or however you want to describe it, like now they're going to run some plays where they're going to find a way to get the fullback, the ball. Cause he's the guy, right. If it's the slot, you know, one year, I forget what year it was. I forget what team it was too, but they were doing a lot of like trap with the slot, with the slot, right. With the, with the, the a-back, because that was the most dynamic guy in the field for them. Right. So they were just finding a way to get him the ball. And it was, it was good stuff. It's tough to stop obviously, but you know, like who is the guy, right. Who is the matchups? And then, the next thing I would do is, when I watch the film, like I would try to find. Uh, I think you need to watch, oh, like similar structures, right? Um, if you're going to be like a four-four-one high team versus it, you should be trying to watch film versus four-four-one high, right? And then the next level would be the the front, right? If you're playing two threes or two two eyes or whatever you're doing, like you need to watch that film to to get an idea of really not the causes that you need but the answers are going to need right so they insert the slot like what is your answer for that how are you going to respond to that like and then you know how are they messing with the, the coverage alignments right so if you're a too high team right what are they going to do to mess with your safeties they're going to change the formation uh are they going to go crazy motion and play action pass knowing the way you're playing those guys on the pitch you know whatever it is right so you Know who is their best player, and then what are their answers for similar structures? Right. Um, you know, traditionally they're going to run the true triple right versus the uh, bubble, and they're going to run midline versus three technique. Right. So, like, always start there with your front, right? Like, those that's the first play you got to stop. Um, and what happened in my experience, at least, is like we, we would do a good job stopping the triple place, right? But then all of a sudden they get the double option plays. now they're blocking extra guys um and one thing i learned this is from the you know, scout team is like whatever defense you put together it's a gotta win defense somebody is gonna have to win right so like they run double option now one of your linebackers has gotta win right he's it's full flow you gotta go right things like that so like what are their answers to 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 what you want to run right like what are the what are their base plays and what are things they're going to do to try to mess with your rules right um with a fake motion the slot like Motion in this way, we're going to triple back the other way, right? Like if you're playing zero, a lot of people play true zero coverage with the safeties, which you can do. You know, there's nothing you can do whatever you want, right? But, you know, I've seen on film, like guys, like run into each other because the slots go two different ways, you know? So it's just figure again, who's their best player? What is their personnel like? And then, you know, how are they attacking a similar structure? And then what are their answers? What are their change ups for that structure?
0: Okay. Now, on, on top of that, when – now, obviously, high school is a little different. What we what can do and when we can do stuff, depending on whether you have spring ball or not. When do you start worrying about option rules, your option defense? Do you start that stuff in the spring? Do you start that stuff early in the camp? Because I, I know, like – I mean, it depends on who you talk to, but I know some people that know they have Army or Navy on their schedule, for example, will do, like, a period every week, at least once a week, They'll spend yeah. like a whole dedicated day in, in fall camp. Um, and then obviously the week of you had him that full go. When do you and how do you kind of approach when to practice it, when to mess with stuff throughout the year? Obviously, the year week one, it's a little easier. You can spend most of your August yeah. on that. But if they're not, where do you kind of look at that?
1: Yeah, I think um, like if you have spring ball, you should work on it during spring ball. If you know you're playing it, no matter when it is, Um, One, you want to teach your rules, but two, you want to get the defense on film so you can teach all the stuff. They can see what what you want, what you expect. Um, So I do think you need to start in the spring if you have that ability. It doesn't need to be a ton, right? But, I mean, if I I would like to do it at least once a day for at least 10 minutes. And if it's not working on the triple, it's working on like, excuse me, maybe like a triple circuit, right? So it's working on defeating the cut block or it's working on being – uh, the pitch player or whatever the case is, right? Finding a way to work some concept that helps with the triple. But, but, you know, I think every day, like 10 minutes would be great. Some guys won't do that at least once a week, worst case scenario. Because again, you want to get stuff on film and you want to be able to teach the kids the base rules of the defense. And to me, it, it helps overall defense because it all goes back to the option, right? Like you talk about Reed bubble and all this stuff. Like when I was at Coastal, we played the Citadel my first year there and we played the game one and we worked the triple, like all the training camp. We worked it for the first week, obviously. And that season, our corners, I'm telling you, if it was unbalanced, our corners went over versus every offense. Like we never, sometimes we even realized it was unbalanced, right? Yeah. When it was tackle over there are games where people had to tackle over versus us, normal offense. And we had no idea in the box because our, our D line just knocked the front because that's what they were doing versus triple. So like, it's just, it, it it's it's great stuff for normal defense as well right and it's teaching your kids the fundamentals of defense whatever your rules are like you don't have to bring the corners over if you don't want to but that's just an example but um and then during the season you know if you're playing them late i i, I think you got to find a way to work on it um at least once a week if not once a week like we used to do it on um sunday practice or your monday whatever your 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 day after the game practice was we would do it for like 10 or 15 minutes on that day it's a lighter day you don't have the whole game plan done yet so we would uh we would focus like 10 to 15 minutes every sunday or monday whatever your schedule is on the triple um just so it stays fresh in their mind right just so it stays fresh and again you're just creating teach tapes and then the challenge, you know, some places I've been, the challenge wasn't practicing it on Sunday or finding a day during the season to do it. If you play them later, but the challenge was watching it with the coaches, right? All of us like wanting to watch it and, and figure it out because what would happen, right. Is you're done with it. And then you get into your game plan for the next week, which is obviously the priority. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I think you really got to like, make sure if you're doing that, you schedule, even if it's just 10 minutes to buzz through it with the staff. So like, at least someone's taking notes and knows like, when we get to that week, hey, we got to get these addressed, right? We got to get these fixed. Because, you know, like, the next game is the most important game, right? Like, that's that's obvious. But, like, that was always an issue for us places I've been. Like, we work on it during the season. But, like, all of a sudden, the week of we'll watch a whole cut-up of every Sunday practice triple option prep. And, like, there's a bunch of stuff we got to get fixed. Like, uh-oh. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. no I, I get it. I mean, it kind of building off that is – I, from my experience and watching high school teams and how they react to it, um, and I don't know, kind of what would your recommendation be? Because I've seen a lot of high school teams rotate heavily or over-rotate to the motion. What is kind of your opinion on to whether rotate, not rotate, um, and so forth?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, like it depends on your structure, right, if you're going to be a one-high team or a two-high team. Like, if you're a two-high team, you know, I would be pretty patient until the the a lot of guys, when the guy starts to motion, right? So these are the slots. This guy starts to motion. That safety just starts to roll. And when he starts to roll too soon, that's when you get all the twirl motion, right? And the counter option back the other way, because now he's really lost his leverage, right? If, if you rule it up, you know, where that backside safety is an extra player, you don't need him to go too fast, right? And it's all, to me, what he's looking at. Like, if you're a two-high structure, I believe in reading the slots, right? Key in the slot. The slot's going to tell you what to do. He's going to arc if it's too high. He's going to load if it's one high. And there's always variations and things change, um, game plan stuff. But that's essentially the deal, right? Uh, then he's going to insert, right? He'll base the end on dive. And there's some other things. But then on the other side, there's a motion, right? So it's orbit motion, twirl motion. All right. No motion, you know, whatever else there is that someone might do. But like getting the safeties keyed in on, on that motion on what play is coming. Um, when you rotate too fast or you rotate pre-snap based on the motion, they're going to get you back the other way. And, you know, some people be like, well, yeah, we want them to run back that way. Be careful now because they're going to run it back the other way. You got to be able to make the play on it. Right. So until the ball is snapped or until that <laughs> slot, that A-back, crosses the center i don't think that i don't see the backside safety having to go too far you know so we we def- we we um uh, you no know, place i've been when we played against a triple we have a, a dive player a quarterback player an alley player and then the pitch player that's how we defined it so the dive player tackled the dive right the the quarterback player was the inside piece of the quarterback right so He's usually like, if it's a three down front, like a like a 40 front, he'd be the overhang, right? So he has time to let the quarterback get to his outside. So he wants to be the inside piece, right? Mm-hmm. The alley player is the guy who's probably getting blocked most of the time by the tackle, veering up or the slide, however they do it. He's the outside piece of the quarterback to the inside piece of the, the pitch. So if you saw the arc block, he'd be the inside piece of the arc, yeah. right? And your pitch player is the outside piece of the arc, right? So everywhere I've been, we've been able to define to, to those rules, right, where the backside safety is not involved in one of those four, right? So like if it was a uh you see this okay?
0: Yeah, you're perfect, coach. All
1: right. So they ran like midline trip whatever they used to curl on it, right? Yeah. Something like this, right? So he would be the dive player, right? He would be the quarterback player. He'd be the pitch player, and we want this guy to be the alley player. Yeah. Right. So that's how we would design it. Where this guy, he don't have to be a, a lot of two high teams make this guy the alley player. Yeah. And he's running over there. One, it's a hard tackle. Like he's he's got he's that's a long stride tackle now, but also that really opens up. you know, with this kind of stuff, right? Based on what their keys are and what they're doing um but like this guy the alley player he got to win right he got to win now with this guy being the inside piece of the quarterback player he can really get his hands on this tackle and help this guy get over the top right because it's okay if the quarterback gets outside of he's an inside piece anyways that's fine right once he gets outside hopefully the will right or whoever that guy's the alley player is running and tracking that quarterback down if he pitches it now you got one inside the load, one outside the load, or the arc, or whatever the, yeah. the structure is. But so, like every time, well, no matter what structure I've been a part of, we've tried to define it like that, right? Dive, quarterback alley, pitch, and then if it's double option, right? So let's say it's full flow and the fullback's out right now. Now that backside backer, whoever it is, now he's got to go too. You need an extra guy. They're bringing a the guy to the party. We got to bring a guy to the party. Perfect,
0: coach. I and mean, kind of continue with that is. I mean, which option plays have given you guys, and it doesn't matter the structure, but like, which one are you like, well, I hope they don't run this well or this oh, is the stress? Cause I know, I, cause I've talked to a lot of option coaches this offseason and that have come out this fall. It's like, I know there's, there's a contingent that really love inside beer. There's like a contingent that I've had like two of them quote to me directly, like, outside beer solves all your problems. Um, yeah. Some people just really hate midline because it just hits so dang fast. Which one do you kind of like? Well, that's a pain, just a pain, and messes with our rules, or just causes some stress.
1: You know, I think outs like outside veer or wide veer, like that puts a lot of stress stress on the uh, on the overhang, like a three down or like a bear look, because you're telling him he's a quarterback player. But once they double that and they run double the three or the or the four eye whatever and double him, now he's really the dive. He's a first threat player. Yeah, so he's got to know based on you know it's just it gets a little hairy in there like he's really the sea gap player right that's what the quarterback but he's the sea gap player right so that gets a little hairy um the play that like when i watch people get uh smoked on in my opinion is not an option play it's trap. yeah that trap play man when that thing hits that thing is out the gate 88 um if you're an option play, I think outside veers are really like defensively. It creates some stress if you don't, you know, if you don't coach. If you if you think they're going to run outside veer, right, and you coach up the quarterback player as the c gap player as the first threat. So if the dive's in your lap, right, but um, if you're not prepared for it, that play can really mess with your rules, you know, really mess with your rules. Um, but that trap play, man, I think it's, I think it's pretty good, man. That trap play is yeah, good, fast, yeah. Belly G, that's another one that hits good when it hits, you know. Um, but, yeah, outside beer is a pain. If, if, you don't, if you don't really have a plan for it and prepare for it, and, like, because the player's in conflict, right? He's thinking he's a quarterback player, but he's really got to tackle the dive. The dive's hitting the C-gap now, right? So, you know, sometimes I've seen, too, like, if you go tackle over, like if you're, like, a three down front and you go tackle over, and all of a sudden there's a bubble, right? If, yeah. if you knock the front, there could be a bubble now you got all your bubble plays over there that you haven't worked on all week. Right. So what I've seen, what's been stressful for places I've been and what I've seen on film at least is like when you can manipulate their front with like tackle over on bat, whatever, you want to do a three man surface. Right. And you can create like a bubble or create a three technique. If you're not going to have a three technique, whatever the opposite is, now you can run those plays that, that we didn't get a chance to prepare for all week, you know? That's 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 tough. That's stressful. But again, you know, on the flip side, as a defensive guy, like if you create sound rules, right, based on their key reads based on whatever, you know, and it's a simple defense for all the coaches to make adjustments on game day, you should be able to get some adjustment done, in my opinion, to to handle that. Right. But, you know, sometimes you get these rules and you start creating rules. During the week, and then all of a sudden, there's a lot of rules, and like you don't remember them all, and then you know that's 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 not good.
0: (laughs) Speaking of of rules and structures, which structure, so one high, two high, odd versus even front, kind of gives you the best, or let me rephrase that least boom or bust potential? Like, which one would I mean, not again, as we've said, they have answers for everything, and you are going to have to have change ups and adjustments because they'll just adjust and bludgeon you to death. But, like, what from a base foundational point because you've coached in multiple structures and fronts what from a base perspective from for like high school coaches could be a good starting point structure one high two high odd versus even versus just a general triple team that might have trap in that might have uh some sort of belly in
1: yeah i think the two high structure is pretty simple to install and teach and, and the rules are pretty simple um because at the end of the day it's basically quarters right like yeah uh, i work with some offensive guys who who tag quarters at zero because that's how they see it. you know what i mean um it's basically quarter defense and a lot of guys run quarters um if you're like a, a, a whatever whatever your structure is in normal defense like if you're a two high team i would say the two high shell will, would be the easiest to to turn into your option defense right um if you're a one high structure team you know I, that might be simpler but you know, I say one high, it's just the alley player is the post guy, right? He's running the alley. Yeah. It, it, ain't, it ain't no... <laughs> if it's pass, it, I don't know if he's going to get there or not, right? So, I think the two-high structure structure protects you a little bit on the play action. It's probably the simplest to install, you know, especially if you're a two-high team, you know? Um, the one-high, you know, I like it a lot, structurally, but there's some things you got to work through with the overhangs on pass, right? So, like, are you going to play man on those guys, or are you going to switch it off between the post player, like if they run option is, is the overhang going to take the pitch and the post player is checking for the vertical concept or, you know, it, it's easier to get those adjustments done in my opinion, easier is not the right word, simpler, right. In, in a too high concept.
0: Okay. And then the last question I got for you before we go is kind of, do you have any final thoughts or suggestions for people looking to defend the option, uh, especially for like the high school coach?
1: Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would say is like, figure out who their best player is, right? Is it the quarterback? Is it the fullback? Is it the slot? Right. Like that's who's going to have, that's who they're going to try to get the ball to, right? That's who they're going to try to get the ball to. Um, The next thing I would say is if they're going to run a lot of triple or double option, get the ball to the pitch base, right? Get the ball to the pitch base. To me, that's where the the largest amount of turnovers come from, right? Is off a bad pitch or a lot of stuff can happen. It takes a while to get all the way to the pitch face. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I would say is make sure you're picking a defense that you feel like your personnel matches, right? Like, you know, if you got if you got five guys, five D linemen who are better than their O linemen, then play bear, right? Like if you feel you can just cover them guys up, that's a great idea, right? Um, if you don't, if you're worried about your D linemen, Maybe that's not the answer. I don't know, but it's all about your personnel, right? And what structure fits what they do. If you're a two-high team, if you're a quarters team, then the two-high, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? If you're a three-down team and you got a dude that those, like I like covering the center up versus a triple teams, right? Like cover them up, dude. Do what you do, but just have rules that are sound versus the triple, and your players can execute, right? So it's their personnel, your personnel, and, um, you know like just having uh, someone told me this the other day it made a lot of sense you know you need, don't just have calls right have answers that's what they're going to have right and like you don't have to do it all the time but as a coordinator you got to play a game in your head right right if they do start running this what am i going to do what is my answer it might never happen but at least in your head it's fresh and you have an idea of an answer for that, right? Because that's what they're going to have. They're going to have answers and they're going to do all kinds of things, right? They know more about your defense than, they, than you do probably, right, structurally. Yeah. So uh, know their personnel, pick a structure that matches your personnel and just have a really sound plan that you feel comfortable and the kids feel confident about.
0: Perfect, Coach. Um, coaches, uh, give Coach a follow on Twitter. His Twitter will be in the bio. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. their links in the bio. Um otherwise that was an episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, coach, thanks
1: for coming on. I appreciate you, bro. Really, really fun talking to trip. You know, a lot of people don't like to talk to triple, man. I like talking to triple.